the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The text for our meditation that we have for this morning are the scripture readings that were read for you today, especially our gospel reading. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word because it tells us so much about who you are and who we are and how you have taught us to love as we have been loved by you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The scripture reading is probably one of the most familiar passages that are known not only by Christians, but also by non-Christians. At least the parable that we find recorded in the scripture reading. And of course, as we think about the whole theme of neighbor, we think about some of those things we have heard in the past. I remember watching our sons, watching Mr. Rogers asking the question, won't you be my neighbor? And if you watch television or advertisements, you know that there is a company that has a slogan with the word neighbor in there. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We believe it's important to get to know our neighbors. How many different people have attended a national night out? an opportunity to get to know your neighbors. Some people have known their neighbors for years. At least they can call them by name. Maybe they get together on a more familiar basis. But how well do we know our neighbors? We like this parable of the Good Samaritan because it's pretty simple, right? I mean, it tells us how we as human beings, and especially we as Christians, ought to treat one another. Be nice. Do good. Treat other people the way you would want to be treated as we think about the golden rule as well. And of course, pay it forward. Although this parable may seem simple. Looking at the heart of what is given in this parable, we realize it's not as easy to do as it is for us to understand. Because there was a lot more going on in the story before we get to this parable of the Good Samaritan. And the reason I say that is how many of you realize that the lawyer had asked a question first? That question that the lawyer asked is a very important question. This lawyer was not a lawyer as we oftentimes think about a lawyer. This is a spiritual leader who understood the scriptures, or so it seemed. And the first question this lawyer asks 
has to do with one's eternal salvation. In other words, it has to do with a person's relationship with God, which is really a very important question for every single person to have to answer. The second question that the lawyer asks is a relationship, a horizontal relationship. How do I relate to my neighbor? And if you will, if we only focus on this second question, on how am I to relate to my neighbor, we really have a nice story. But we really don't address the most important question. Where are you at in your relationship with Jesus Christ? And do you have eternal life? And so it is, we look at this question. I invite you, in fact, to take a look at your bulletin. I didn't put it up on the screen. So look at your bulletin on page 6. It's where you have the gospel reading printed. Jesus is having a conversation with this young lawyer who comes up to him, and he asks Jesus this question. Rabbi, teacher, I know you know all things. That's why, or you know a lot about the scriptures. That's why he says, teacher, I want to be taught by you. That's what's implied. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, Luke tells us right away after that that this lawyer, this religious leader, was asking that question of Jesus because he wanted to test him. How well do you know your scriptures? And in fact, if you mess up, I'm going to tell everybody that you're really not a very good teacher, right? So we asked him this question, and I want you to think about what must a person do to inherit eternal life? An inheritance, of course, is given because somebody wants to give you an inheritance, right? has nothing to do with what you do. But he asked this question, understanding the Old Testament law. So Jesus asks the lawyer two questions. He doesn't answer them, but he asks them questions. Very interesting technique. What is written in the law? What's written in those first five books that Moses has given to God's people? Helping us understand where we are at in our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And how do you read it? How do you understand it? How do you teach it? So he responds with the response we are taught in Sunday school, right? Based on the Old Testament and, in fact, what Jesus tells us here through this young lawyer. You shall love the Lord your God, vertical relationship, right? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and horizontal relationship, your neighbor as yourself. First three commandments that God had given to us has to do with the vertical relationship, the horizontal relationship commandments 4 through 10. And what does Jesus say to this young man? He simply says, you're right. Do this. Do this. And you will live. You will have eternal life. Do these things. 
So I ask you this question. And think about this young lawyer's response, quoting this Old Testament text, and Jesus' response to him. And I will ask you this question. How are you doing with what this young lawyer said? Because Jesus says, if you do this, you will live, right? How are you doing at loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your soul and your mind? How are you doing? How are you doing at loving your neighbor? You know that loud neighbor? You know that nosy neighbor? You know that neighbor who has that loud barking dog that also leaves a mess on your lawn? How you doing at loving that neighbor? And, and how are you doing at loving that other person who is in need and keeps asking you to borrow things or wants something? How are you doing? Because Jesus says at the end of this reading, at the end of the parable, he says, go and do like the Samaritan. You see, he, he says, go and do it, and you will live the first time. But he really ends it with the parable, that is, go and do like the Samaritan. It gives you a little clue about what Jesus is saying here. In other words, give your time, give your money, give your safety to the people that are around you who need it. Do this, and you will live. So let me ask you this question again. Are you doing it? Are you, in fact, following what Jesus directs us to do in how the Good Samaritan lived? You know, it's rather fascinating that the Samaritan is actually a guy who lived to the north. He really shouldn't have been down there in Jerusalem, in fact, going from Jericho or Jerusalem down to Jericho, whichever direction he was going. It's not where they lived. And in fact, they were seen as half-breeds. Another group of people that you just don't talk to. You don't even want to be around them. And as you answer the question, how are you doing at loving your neighbor as the Samaritan is told, as the Samaritan helps us to see we are to be, And we know what Jesus said to the young man the first time, do this and you will live. We recognize if we're not being like the good Samaritan, we will not live eternally. We do not have eternal life. 
And we are as good as dead. We are as good as that man who was robbed and beaten and left half dead in the parable. And indeed, that is who we are. When you hear the parable of the Good Samaritan, as you have heard earlier today, we oftentimes ask people the question, or the question is asked of us, which of the people in this parable do you want to be? Or who do you think you are? Usually we start off with, let's see, the Levite? No, don't want to be that person. Jesus doesn't have that person doing what they should do. They should really be reaching out and helping that person, right, who's been beaten and robbed. And the priest, yeah, he's pretty much in the same boat. Okay, that's two. Three, well, that Samaritan, he was a pretty good guy. In fact, when Jesus asked the young, or asked the lawyer, uh, which one of them proved to be the neighbor, the young lawyer says, the one who showed mercy, right? He couldn't even use the name Samaritan. So, that's who you want to be, right? Isn't that who you think you are? It does tell us how we ought to treat one another, doesn't it? It does help us to see what God would have us do. We see someone in need and we help them. That's what Jesus would have us do. But if all we get from this message is that point, to be good to our neighbor, to help those who are in need, we miss the most important point. And that is going back to the first question. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What about this vertical relationship? The young lawyer, as he asks this question, he's thinking vertical, horizontal. He's thinking, hey, I, I got it, Jesus. I'm doing okay here. I'm loving God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might, with my mind and everything. I'm good. I mean, after all, I'm a lot better than all these other people, right? But what about us? If you and I are really honest, as we confessed our sins earlier, we said, oh, no, I'm not so good there. I'm not 100% there. I'm not doing it as well as God would have me do it. And so we quickly find ourselves in the ditch, if you will, beaten and bloodied. And no matter how generous we may want to be in giving of our money and our time and so forth, as we, Lord willing, will do in giving of our time and our money and helping our neighbor, our neighbors at through Yaslata in Texas and in Mexico and around here, in our own lives and our own communities, we still don't love our, our neighbors as we love ourselves if we're really honest. We're more like that man who was beaten 
bloody that Jesus first talks about in the parable. And the reason Jesus tells the parable is because the lawyer thought he was already doing what Jesus had said. Go and do it, and you will receive eternal life, right? You'll live. Because the lawyer's second question is this. Who is my neighbor? Right? Uh, we had defined this person a little bit more. You see, I don't love everybody. You know, I mean, let's face it. There are those neighbors, forget about them, right? I, I don't want to love them. No. Jesus, will you just tell me who these people are so I can love the ones that I want to love and forget about those other people? Right? Isn't that the way we as sinful human beings are? And that's why Jesus tells the parable. Hey, guess this. Get this straight. You, you, young lawyer, are the man who is beaten and robbed and left half dead because you're not doing what you think you are. You're not. And neither am I. And neither are you. But there is one who did. There is one who shows us what the Samaritan really did. And who we are to emulate to the best of our ability, knowing we will never emulate him to the best as well as he showed us how to do. And verse 33 in our text tells us that because notice what the Samaritan was able to do. He had compassion. In our Greek New Testament, we are told Dr. Jeff Oshwald, who is a professor at Concordia Seminary, makes this point really clear because he says, when you find this Greek word, and I'm not going to tell it to you because you're not going to remember it anyway, but when you find this Greek word in the New Testament, it is always God doing it. It's always God showing compassion. It's God who is the one who is loving and caring for people. And so this Samaritan is the one who has this compassion and shows himself to be God. And isn't that who our Savior is? Is he not the one who has come to pay the price? Is he not the one who paid the ultimate price so that you and I might receive his love and compassion and care? Is he not the one who comes to bind us up with our wounds? Is he not the one who cares for us and who carries us when we need to be carried? Is he not the one who takes us to a place and leaves us in the care of someone who will care for us 
and then willingly offers to continue to care and pay. He continues to care for us, doesn't he? He continues to love us. And he challenges us by the power of the Holy Spirit to love as we have been loved. To love those neighbors that God places in our lives. Because our God is full of compassion. Our God is full of love. Our God is a God who knows our hurts and cares for them and helps us in turn to care for those who also are hurting. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have all fallen short. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not loved our God as we ought. But our God loves us and our God forgives us. And our God is here to help us to love and to serve. May God make it so. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes our human understanding, guard and protect us in the Christian faith unto life everlasting. Amen.